Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by uh, two your usual... No, no, got it wrong, got it wrong. Start again. Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts, Tom Mannery. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How, how are we doing this week, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I've been I've been busy. Uh, I've had uh, a few hobby bits going on. Uh, I bought some more uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff and did some painting on that. Oh, how's that going? It's going all right. I've painted Daredevil and I'm most of the way through painting Iron Fist. And I think myself and uh, Mr. Ben Porter of Ash and Hold Art are going to get together and uh, and have a game uh, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Air horns for Ash and Hold Art. <laughs> Um, I, was, no, I, I was speaking to Ben uh, about this the other night and he was showing off some of the minis he's been painting for it. So are you going for, what is it called, the Marvel Knights? Yeah, then, Marvel Knights it's... or Defenders, um, right. either or kind of work. Uh, the, the kind of more street level uh, dudes that aren't necessarily like the Spider Friends or the, the Web Warriors or whatever they want to call themselves. Um, so it's stuff like Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Blade... Uh, mm-hmm. Punisher, all those kinds of people. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm kind of doing a team based on that. Uh, and then outside of that, I, I just actually got delivered today. I got the newest 5th um, edition D&D supplement mm. uh, as well, uh, which is the Feywild Adventure. Um, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, I think it's called. Or something we, like we talked about that uh, a little while back. It looks really cool. Yeah, well, I, I actually got it. Uh, I didn't get it for the adventure. Uh this is a 30-odd quid book, right? And I bought it for because it has a, a race in it that I want to play. Okay. Uh, which is basically Rabbit Folk. Uh, I'm not a furry, just to get that out of the way before there's Tom any Tom is a furry, confirmed. He, uh, right, hold on, though. Hold on, because you, you're also a fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog games. I know, I know, so I know. I'm just saying, for me. I'm just saying he wants to play as an anthropomorphic rabbit <laughs> in D&D. And you are a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. We we we've got a Venn diagram on the go there. Maybe, maybe I'm got... like a, a closet furry. <laughs> maybe I just don't know it yet. <laughs> maybe there'll be a day that I'll see like a sexy bunny drawing, and that'll just be the one that pushes me over the edge, and I'll. <laughs> well, like the the caramel rabbit. Do you remember that? I mean, she was fairly sexy for a cartoon. Confirmed. Rabbit. <laughs> Absolutely confirmed. <laughs> I think apparently the one that that clinched it for quite a few like sort of furry births was uh, Lola Bunny from Space Jam okay. uh, apparently she was uh, a bit of a catalyst in the, the furry community um, involved a lot in that community Tom I, I am not involved in that community <laughs> okay. how dare you sir Okay, I'm just there's no shame here no judgement I feel that's how, I feel that's how you you know I mean you can't you judge me I'm not I'm not in that that community <laughs> i just think rabbit folk are cool like did you when i grew up right mm-hmm. uh, i know we're going off track already mm-hmm. when i grew up i mm-hmm. was a big fan of the redwall abbey books i don't know if you ever oh read yeah no redwall's cool yeah yeah so i i read a lot of that and i just like the idea of you know anthropomorphic animal warriors 
not sex symbols, just warriors, and you know yeah. that kind of thing. That's that's the kind of thing that I enjoyed. Not uh, not anything untoward uh, that I need to turn <laughs> off my internet safety browser on. <laughs> I mean, I do remember when we were doing the um, when you did that Ducktales one shot for me last year, and um, you had an image of. It wasn't an indecent image of Baloo the bear, but he did have a very. It was. I'm guessing it was from Deviant Art. I think it might have been, yeah. Because uh, he did have a very wry smile. <laughs> to him. It looked like maybe like it, it was cropped at an appropriate position. <laughs> like he knew he knew a little too much. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think I said this to you at the time when we were doing the the DuckTales one-shot for your birthday, and I was searching for images for characters, it was not a good time for me. Like, it, <laughs> it was rough. Like, it, if, if you are ever in the situation that you find yourself Googling several characters that belong to the Disney property, just be very careful what links you click on oh, is the man. best advice I can give you. See, humanity, what's what's wrong with you? Come on. Hey, let's not let's not kink shame. That's not what we're about, you know. If if that's what gets your rocks off, then then fine. Just maybe you know, keep it Dial on the dark back. web or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dial <Cool>. it back. <laughs> yeah. You're at an eight. I need you at like a four on the yeah. very scale. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, this is too much for me. Right. Uh, how are you, Josh? I'm good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've nothing like that to report. I think gaming wise. Um, I'm a bit frustrated because uh, I, I I'm, I'm in the in, in between moving basically. Mm. I'm waiting for my new place to become available, so I haven't been doing an awful lot of um, hobby stuff, as in like you know painting and modelling, yeah. which I normally like to do. And I, I got the other week, I got the first two issues of um, Warhammer Forty Thousand Imperium. Okay. So there's a part of me that's actually wanting. To, I haven't opened them yet because the. I, well, I just want to keep them together so that when I do get to the to getting around to building those minis and painting them, that I'm not having to search through bins or like whatever uh, to find the sprues that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. We we talked about uh, Imperium earlier in the year when they first announced it. So this is the first couple of episodes uh, coming out, I'm, and Tom's gonna notice I keep looking off camera because I'm looking at them on the the seat next to me. Um. I'm I, I'm gutted that this wasn't a thing when I was young, but I'm also really glad because I wouldn't have, I would not have stood a chance against Games Workshop if they were releasing the, these kind of magazines. Although I know a lot of people who got into Games Workshop through Lord of the Rings and specifically the weekly Lord of the Rings magazine that they did that was in this sort of vein. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it did exist, kind of. Yeah. But, no, it's uh, it. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that they they've arrived. Uh, I got a complimentary um, uh, plastic snippers, um, some plastic glue, and what the I, I understand from the internet to be the worst paintbrush in existence. Um, but I mean that that's not why you subscribe to this. You subscribe to this for the sweet minis, and uh, so I've got some of those to work on at some point. Sweet, sweet plastic crack. Oh yes. Um, other than that, uh, not been up to an awful lot. I got up to some webcam Magic the Gathering um, last. Actually, oh, and I did some in-person stuff with some of my pals from here, from back, uh, in England. So we played uh, a bit of that as well. Nice. Um, but yeah, 
just uh, just keep on keep uh, keep on keeping on. No, what's the phrase? I've ruined it now. I'm, I'm uh, not sure where you're going with that, to be honest. I'm just I'm just a bit uh, busy away. That's fair. That's there fair. we go. So I think we've obviously over the last few weeks we've had quite a few guests on, which has been great. Um, but we've maybe fallen a little bit behind on news, which is mm. especially pertinent because there is a lot of it. We've got some big things to talk about, but we'll we'll start with Gen Con. Mm. Gen Con was last weekend, and uh, by all accounts, it seems to have been a success. And um, I had a quick look at and because I did this with UK Games Expo as well, I was with the environment that we're in. I'm curious as to, like, have, have there been, like, any coronavirus outbreaks linked to it? And as mm. far as I can tell, anyway, it's still early days, or relatively early days, but it doesn't appear to be, which is good. That's a good sign for, for us who are kind of watching carefully what's going on with the conventions, with a, you know, hoping that, you know, we'll be a lot more smoother going to the next year. Yeah. Um. There were some uh, announcements news-wise. Uh, Games Workshop did a ton of announcements at this Gen Con, which I can't mind. Do they normally do this? I know they normally attend Gen Con now, but I don't know if they had any ex- previously done exclusive announcements for it. I think the third-party conventions are becoming more and more of a thing for them. Because I remember mm. back in the day, they just didn't do anything outside of Games Day. You know, They just wouldn't really support other conventions. But then, as Games Day has become less of a thing, really, nowadays, even outside of uh, COVID times, um, they've done more and more conventions. Because obviously, they did stuff at the UK Games Expo that we went to, and they've done stuff there since. Um, and Gen Con as well. You know, they've obviously released quite a lot of stuff during Gen Con this year as well. So, it seems to be something... And I think it's smart, really, mm-hmm. because a lot of their audience yeah. are going to be at these things, right? So I do think it's a good idea for them uh, to to attend these and put on a show. Um, and they certainly seem to be doing that, and it does seem to be paying off. So yeah, we've had a few announcements from them. Mm-hmm. I, I think notably, the one that the internet has latched on to has been the reveal for the miniature. For, um, they're, coming, they're coming out with a new Black Templars range. Tom's excited. More dudes in power armor. Um, and the miniature that the whole internet has latched onto is the one for High Marshal Helbrecht. Please, uh, I'm get, we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes. Look at it because it is something else. <laughs> I I I said to you before we went live. I do not like this model at all. And I was, I was, <laughs> the the moment it went up on online, actually, literally, I was just by chance I was online as it popped up, and I messaged Ben. And I was like, see, whenever we talk about busy games workshop models, I'm just going to use this as an example. <laughs> this is, this is the watermark. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because the, the funny thing is, if you actually take the original model that's been around mm. for years and compare it, it's not that dissimilar at the core of the model, the actual the actual person, right? The, the Grand Marshal. But it's everything else. I mean, he was quite busy in the, old, in, in the olden times. But mm. now they've just added like so much to him it's like how much crap can you put around you, one guy do, do, do you not love the absurdity though of a little guy polishing his sword while it's still impaling an orc i think that's brilliant i think it's i think it's horrendous i think uh, just there's <laughs> too much going on it it like see if you take even just one or two of those elements out it becomes a bit more bearable but you've got like mm-hmm. 
you've got the dead orc, you've got the guy polishing the sword, you've got a guy behind him carrying his gun, I think, if, if yeah. memory serves. Um, he's got, like, so many purity seals and, like, crosses and icons Trinkets. on him. It's he's like, holding a lantern yeah, for like, some reason. Trying like, to paint the guy is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> like, I don't envy anyone that has to paint that model um, because you've just got so much to do. You know, there's mm. there's kits three times his size with less work on them, Yeah, which is, is ridiculous. And, and I understand there are people that really like the models with, with so much going on, but I, I've said this before, I like having an element of being able to put my own stamp on a model mm-hmm. um, whether it's you know a particular colour scheme or how I choose to do a certain part of it like a shoulder pad on a space marine or something similar but with him it's like you're doing it the way it's done because it's all there you know you yeah. can't get around it uh, without you know some heavy customising uh, and conversion work mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm just not a fan it's the long and short of that that's fair enough that's fair enough. I will say this: like I, the model amuses me. It doesn't make me go, "Oh, I really want to get Black Templars <laughs> now." But I can totally get why someone that would appeal to someone, mm-hmm. like the just the absolute absurdity of it. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, so that and and just guys, check out the the various numerous memes of this miniature that are out in uh, in various 40k groups across Facebook. Uh, you will he, not be disappointed. Yes, it is good. It is The memeing has been good on that. Um, we do have something a bit more um, a bit more serious to talk about. Um, in the last uh, couple of weeks, there have been a number of accusations uh, leveled against Paizo, the uh, company that are behind... Pathfinder and Starfinder, amongst other things. Um, now, Tom, you've been following this quite closely, and a, just a little bit of a context for our listeners. Tom was the venture captain, the, the organiser of the Scottish Pathfinder Society, and as such, he has uh, worked alongside and has met some of the people that have been named in these accusations as well. So, Tom, do you want to maybe give us a, a bit of a brief rundown as to uh, what has what is uh, what the accusations are? Yeah, sure. So it, it's it is a tough one um, to kind of talk about uh, in a lot of ways. Basically, what what has come to light um, largely because of one of uh, the former uh, project managers uh, having a, a number of uh, sizable Twitter posts uh, alleging several uh, accusations is uh, Paizo uh, engaging in hostile work environments. Um, racist behaviours, uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, behaviours, um, degrees of, of uh, sexual harassment as well, uh, and sort of implement, you know, effectively glass ceilings as well for for uh, female employees. Right. Um, just it's it's some really really disgusting um, behaviour, and I think especially you know some of these people, I can't go so far as to say I know them, uh, but I have met them. I've spoke to some of them over a series of days um and it's it's rough to read um Mm -hmm. to say the least and some of it is i wouldn't go so far as to say it's it's ridiculous but some of it is nitpicking i would say more than anything else but some of it is is very very you know blatantly questionable behavior and and you can say they're accusations but even saying they're accusations there are people 
that have been accused that have come forward and and to some degree uh, admitted a degree of wrongdoing. So you mm-hmm. know they've gone beyond being accusations at that point. Uh, so to to give some examples, um, so we've got things like that the the work environment they were working in was uh, unclean and unsafe. Um, you've got uh, the head of publishing, uh, a chap called uh, Eric Mona, who we actually interviewed uh, mm-hmm. at UK Games Expo, uh, is being accused of uh, having racist imagery in his office, posting a swastika sticker on his Facebook page, and wanting to include mental illness sections in the horror book uh, against the, wish- the wishes of the development team. Now, this is the one, one part of that, I should be specific, that I think is a bit nitpicky. Uh, which is the um, posting a swastika sticker on his Facebook. So he actually did uh, make his own comment on this, and he said that what had happened was he had a collection of uh, historical and occult-themed images that he'd mm-hmm. posted up onto Facebook. Somebody informed him quite quickly one of those images has a swastika sticker in it, because obviously a lot of... If you have any interest in history and the occult, it's probably likely that the Nazis are going to factor into it at some point. And he just put this up and obviously not applied the appropriate oversight and he said he took it down quite quickly okay that to me is a little bit nitpicky if you have an interest in the history and the occult you can have an interest in the nazis without sympathizing with them mm-hmm. you know you you only you only learn from history to avoid making the same mistakes in that kind of context you know and there are people who play uh war games where they actually will field you know german uh units from from that period as well and, and paint them up and I, I don't necessarily agree with that but i understand having a, a historical interest in something without supporting it i right? suppose it, yeah the thing is if you whatever you're setting set whatever thing you're doing if it's set in world war Two, someone has to be the nazis right yeah. and that right. that's it there's a difference between acknowledging something and celebrating it um mm-hmm. so that to me is a is a little nitpicky but i in the context of everything, I understand why it's been brought up. Um, there are accusations about, obviously, female employees being paid less, being given lesser titles uh, mm-hmm. in their employment. There's accusations of senior individuals bullying uh, a specific female staff member until she quit, uh, right. which is disgusting, uh, as well as um, posting lewd uh, content to her uh, in the workplace, be it images or items, uh, as well, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, and there is uh, accusations against the uh, lead designer, uh, Jason Bullman, um, hitting on female employees, okay. uh, some of who I th- believe, uh, and this is only me inferring from the information, but it's, it seems to suggest that some of them were subordinates to him, people that he was, yeah. uh, you know, overseeing in some some fashion. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot, a lot to take away from it. Uh, some of the individuals involved. So I'll, I'll refer to uh, Eric Moner and Jason Bowman because they're two people that I have met uh, and interacted with. Um, Eric has always seemed like quite a nice guy to me. Uh, in the, the couple of interactions I've had with them. Now, obviously, I can't comment on the things that have been said here, uh, and certainly the the person who made these accusations, um, uh, Jessica Price, who put up all these these Twitter posts, has gone into mm-hmm. a lot more detail, and she's worked with him a lot more closely, so she certainly has a lot more credibility. Um, you know, has has obviously brought these to bear. I think the accusations about him wanting to include mental illness uh, in detail is is short sighted. 
to say yeah. the least. Um, and is a bit torn deaf, um, which isn't great. Jason Bowman, on a personal note, and and a lot of people who know me, I'm not a big fan of right. of Jason. Uh, I I always found him a little bit dismissive, um, and he. I always felt like he kind of talked down to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if I feel that as a random guy, how are you going to feel it as an employee? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. speak too highly of of you know how other people might might feel. Um, I think his he actually did uh, talk about the accusations, and, and what really annoyed me was he initially flat out denied them. He put okay. a post up on a, a Discord uh, and said this isn't true uh you know i maintain a high standard all that kind of your usual uh denial Mm -hmm. um and then within a week put a a post up which blatantly called into question that denial so he admitted that he had uh hit on uh i believe it was jessica the person who made the the post um she had rejected him and he had basically withdrawn from talking to her he did say he was drunk at the time, but that's not an excuse. No. Um, he doesn't really... He, he, he kind of says something along the lines of that he's, he's friendly with other women. Um, and if, you know, it's been construed that way. Um, I don't have the exact word in front of me. So this is... Mm-hmm. I'm going off... I've read a lot on this. Like, yes. a hell of a lot of posts and comments from, from various people who've been involved in it at different levels. Um to me if you turn around and say none of this is true and within a week come out and immediately you know call that into question by saying well clearly at least one part of it is true mm, yeah how much stock can you put in any further denial and i'm not saying that automatically makes it true but it certainly calls into question any further denial there especially when you've got people flat out accusing you mm. of it so that's not good right that's uh, and this is you know this is from what you've got to bear in mind this is a company that have almost sold themselves on how inclusive their product is yeah you know they've they've focused on um characters of you know different racial backgrounds they've focused on characters with with very heavy supportive elements towards the uh, lgbtq community mm-hmm. um you know they've they've had pride flags on things and you know all all the kinds of things that you would see from someone uh, who is looking to be an ally or support these things and then your entire like an entire chunk of of your designers and uh head of publishing and things that are getting these accusations and it's like you know the you're, you're not um you're not following the the persona you're putting on at all which to me suggests there's a level of cynicism where it's just an attempt to to cash grab almost from mm-hmm. from support do you get what i mean like it's... yeah no absolutely no i know what you mean it it, got, it calls into question the um authenticity yeah. of of those yeah of that whole thing so yeah I'm, I'm conscious i've i've talked a lot there um what i would suggest if if anyone listening to this is interested in it there is a lot of you just need to Google like Peso accusations, and you will mm-hmm. see a lot of uh, comments on this. Um, as a, as a starting point, if you do want to read more on it, I would probably start with uh, Jessica Price's Twitter, where she okay. kind of goes into all the accusations, and then you can obviously go off of that. And and you know there there's always two sides to a story, and you know there is there's probably um, more to this than than meets the eye in in more ways than one, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time you can't level uh that many accusations have 
that many people support you and then have someone deny it and turn around and then admit to a degree of it uh, without there being uh, what's the saying there's no smoke without fire yeah um, that's that's really the long and short of it so on a, on a personal note I was I was gutted really to see it you know it's a company I've supported yeah um, it's people that I've I've spent small amounts of time with and, and at the very least kind of um, you know volunteered for their company um, in the in the consciousness that you know they are uh, a, a good company you know and mm-hmm. they, they put on a, a good persona and, and don't get me wrong I'm not without uh, blame in any you know past behaviors um that i've never you know done or said anything that might not be construed poorly in in modern um sensibilities but yeah it's it's not good it's really no, not good uh, like like you say it's, it's disappointing when this happens to companies that you're you know that you're into their products and you 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 do you get invested in not just what they put out but who they are mm-hmm. you know um and we've seen just this year alone, in fact, we've seen some pretty big um, headline-grabbing instances of this. I mean, the the one that is not tabletop, t- uh, but tabletop adjacent, I would say, is Blizzard Activision. Mm-hmm. Been some very serious allegations come out about those. Yeah. And earlier this year as well, it, it, not a different industry altogether, but Brewdog, you know, the guys who make craft beer up in Ellen in Scotland. Um, they they've had some very like you know I think it was over a hundred former staff sign mm-hmm. a an open letter to them saying that you know they are not the people that they are trying to portray themselves to be and that it's an incredibly hostile um, working environment. So I don't know what to take away from that. I suppose on the one hand there's a part of me that it's rubbish that is this is happening, but maybe the fact of the matter is these sort of working environments have been. They've, they haven't cropped up overnight. They've existed for for ages. Mm-hmm. And maybe now we're in a, a world where people actually feel empowered enough to, to call it out. Yeah. And to and to try and, you know, make companies change for the better. So I, I suppose if there's a positive to take away from this whole thing, maybe it's that, that at least these people, uh, these people have had the, the courage to, to actually... You know, say something about it and call it out. Yeah, and I think it, it does take a lot of a lot of courage. You know, especially this is this has obviously been something that's been going on as you mentioned for for a period of time, and is still going on from from the sounds of it. You know, these mm. are these are not accusations that are all you know because you get, and I, I don't want to diminish these, but you'll get situations where you see it quite a lot in the media where they'll dredge up some tweet from fifteen years ago, yeah, where they've said something that's a bit inappropriate or a bit tone death or a bit insensitive and mm-hmm. i think if if people are really honest even the most you know sensitive person in 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 this point in time historically has done or said something that yeah. certainly strays away from values they probably hold now mm-hmm. um and i find that 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 kind of gets up gets up my nose a little bit because you know while while it's certainly valid to to question what someone has done historically you you can't hold something from 15 years ago to the same standards mm-hmm. now but in this circumstance that's not what's happened this is a behavior that has bearing in mind paizo haven't been around that long in in the grand scheme of things no, no. certainly not to the the presence they are now you know they've got maybe off the top of my head maybe about 12 years of, of real you know being a real 
powerhouse in the mm-hmm. the tabletop uh, role playing community. Um, and you've got these people that you know. These are people that are leaving in like the last couple of weeks because of the way they've been treated. Um, and people, you know, speaking up about behaviour that that I can certainly have seen uh, see have happened in the last you know five five or six years up to probably now as well. So you you've got to hold them accountable to these standards, mm-hmm. especially because they've put on this what you can only really at this point call a facade of being a supporter and an ally and you know mm-hmm. champion in a cause that you're not actually championing behind closed doors if anything you're harming it you know it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to to not put on the, the public face of you know we promote all this and we do all this uh but it's it's another to say that you do and then go in the opposite direction you know in in the back office um yeah that just it, it annoys me and and it is a it's a really crappy situation if i'm if i'm being honest um but yeah that's that's my uh my 10 cents on that um so yeah have a read about it yourself uh mm-hmm. if you're interested in it i think the the thing that's always interesting with these and and it's funny you mentioned blizzard activision because it's a similar situation with those it becomes at that point do you continue to support that company yeah you know it's it's are you comfortable buying that company's products and and to a degree are you even comfortable engaging with materials you you currently own? Now, I mm. I run at the moment three Pathfinder first edition games, um, and I haven't bought anything from Paizo for a while because I I don't play Starfinder. I'm not interested in second edition, so that mm-hmm. that issue is kind of removed for me. But um, I know, like by way of example, when the the Blizzard news hit, I pretty much made the decision that I wasn't going to really purchase anything from them until i saw actionable behavior i still play some of their games um to a probably to a lesser degree because you you have to bear in mind that while these are hellish accusations and uh, and truly horrific situations for people there are also innocent people involved in this including the accused who Mm -hmm. have worked uh, not the accused sorry the accusers who have who've worked on these products you know they've put their their time and their effort and their passion mm-hmm. into it. So if you don't support that, you're, you're also not supporting that person. It, it, it's a very muddy situation to be in. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you know, hinder the people that are still working for the company that are innocent in this or, or even worse, are victims of it. But at the same time, you don't want to support the people that are, are putting them in that situation in the first place. So it is a really tricky situation. I think you've got to, you've got to deal with that on a personal basis, you know, where, where does your comfort level lie and and where do you want your money going? Um, as I say, I probably won't be buying anything from Paizo for the foreseeable future, not that I was planning to. I'll probably play out the games I've got running in it and probably take a break from it, which I was probably planning to do anyway. So okay. um, it's it's not going to have too much of an impact on me, but mm-hmm. I know if I was involved in like society and things like that, still I wouldn't be comfortable being part of it for the moment. But again, that's a personal choice yeah yeah well uh if there are any further developments from this obviously we will keep you guys posted so by all means stay tuned i'm going to close off just with um another news story that is just breaking on the day of recording uh and this is a uh, this is a big one um and now i i'm going to stress that currently this is a rumor um but it is a founded rumor it is. It looks like it is. Um, 
originated from the uh, finance um the the finance uh, columnist uh, columnists unquote um but basically it, it is reported that Asmodee uh the the owners of uh, that that company uh who are PAI partners a private equity company are seeking to sell Asmodee for a price of 2 billion euros now if in case you have uh, are not familiar Asmodee are a um designer and a distributor of tabletop games and they own um almost everything <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to quickly rattle off some of the studios that fall under their umbrella so we have Catan Studios Fantasy Flight Games Days of Wonder Liberlud uh Zedman Games Atomic Mass Games uh amongst many others as well so uh it's kind of like Apart from Wizards of the Coast and Games Workshop, <laughs> it feels like Asmodee own everything else. So this is big. This has it. This will have a huge impact on the hobby. Um, and it's been noted that over the past few years that Asmodee has been very aggressively buying up these studios uh, as well. So, I, like I say. At this stage, it is just rumor, uh, and to put it into context, two billion uh, euros. They bought it. It would uh, equate to a profit of eight hundred million euros since uh, PAI purchased Asmodee three years ago. So that's a tidy bit of business in of itself. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Tom? Uh. I'll be honest, I'm a bit nervous about it. Uh, if there is, mm -hmm. obviously, if there's truth to it. Um, a lot of those companies you listed off there are companies that, that I have an interest in. You know, um, mm -hmm. Atomic Mass is is, is the, the company that produces Marvel Crisis, Pro Crisis Protocol, which I just talked about at the start of the recording. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, it's it's always concerning when there's new management, right, of like any anything yes. that you're interested in because you're you're just worried you know how are they going to treat everything that's that's part of it in this case we're looking at one big company that, that sort of consumes uh dozens of others um so to a degree you would hope those companies have a degree of autonomy within it but then you don't know if if someone else is going to come in and start stamping around and, and making a lot of noise and you know shifting things mm -hmm. up or, or or messing things up uh more worryingly so i think it makes me a little nervous uh, <laughs> at a at a time where you could probably do without being a little nervous. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I mean, it's great for the 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 people at the top, right? Who are gonna who are probably gonna, gonna profit, profit massively from this. From yeah. this yes. um, you know, when when you've come in and you're worth a, a, a considerably low fact low amount, and you factor that up to to what they're probably gonna get at the the back mm. end of it. Um, but I think it's, as you say, it's rumours. So for now, it's just about waiting and seeing what comes out of it. It could be something, it could be nothing. You know, we just don't know at this stage. But certainly if it's being mentioned, there's probably, again, uh, there's, there's no smoke without fire. So mm. there's probably something going on and, and it's probably a watch this space kind of situation. Um, it's interesting. The, the, 
one, how, how rapidly they have grow, evidently grown over mm. the last three years that they're looking for €2 billion Euros for them. Now, whether that that's the figure that they go for in the end, who knows, but... It, you know, it's they they clearly expect that it should land in that ballpark. Um, I think the the pressing question for me for you, Josh, is if you had two million euros, would you buy Asmodee? Two billion. Two billion um, is it? Oh, Jesus! Yeah, it's two billion euros, man. It's huge. Yeah. If I had two billion euros, I would not have a care in the world, and I would not be considering buying Asmodee, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm never, never, ever, ever going to have that problem. Um, never well, say this, never. But, you know, the, 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 the podcast is getting more popular. Oh, <laughs> on a serious note, though, actually, that because that's something I wanted to discuss. Who's going to be in the market for them? Hmm. Now, I think at that price, it, you're, you're looking just at private equity and you know venture capital companies. I don't think there are existing other companies that would want to attempt to swallow them the the thought the mad thought i had for a second was i wonder if hasbro could have a go for them because hmm. that would be huge that and that would make but i don't think i think i think that's a far too big a ticket for hasbro to have a go at would hasbro even be able to because you know you've got that there's obviously the the anti-monopoly stuff in there um if Hasbro uh, bought them, they'd have a I, massive I stake in the industry yeah i don't know how that works internationally though right Bear in mind that you know, Asmodee, um, if I'm unless I'm mistaken, is based in France, right? Uh, and Hasbro, an American company, so I have I have no idea how that works, and I'm desperately just quickly <laughs> looking over the history of Asmodee to make sure I haven't royally foot, put my foot in it. Um, yeah, group headquarters are in. The group headquarters are in France. Okay. So I, I, I have to admit, like I am not savvy on the anti-monopoly laws when it comes to international mm. level stuff. But yeah, it would put it would give Hasbro a humongous stake, uh, a, a humongous share of the tabletop gaming industry. But it, I, I, I dare say, for law reasons, it probably just gets lumped in with toys. So. Do you think so? Yeah, you might be right. I'm almost certain. Yeah, <laughs> Man, uh, like, um, it's crazy though. If you think like if if Hasbro owned that, I mean, what's really left to even Games charge Workshop? At that point, yeah. I mean, you've got Games Workshop and a few smaller studios mm. that'll probably have something. I think uh, are Upper Deck part of Asmodee. Don't know if they are or not. You got Upper Deck, uh, Fantasy Flight Games as well. I don't think I saw her on the list. Fantasy Flight, uh, no, I did. I did mention them. Oh, you they did. Do have, okay. They do have fantasy. I made a point of mentioning Fantasy Flight because they're probably one of the biggest studios underneath Asmodee. Yeah, so, so I mean, you're you're really taking pretty much every every studio I know of, at least, is yeah. is included in that that has any you know apart from like your independents or your mm-hmm. you know your your sort of couple man bands. Um, every studio with with any kind of pedigree and no, no disrespect to the others but is is included in that and that's that's you really that's hasbro has everything you know you just got yeah. a, a massive uh chunk of the the gaming community uh you pretty much just dictate what happens at that point yep 
And I think that would be the most... It, it was concerning the way that Asmodee were buying up these other studios to begin with. Like, if, yeah. if there's a, even more consolidation in the hobby, then I, I don't know if that works out being a good thing for us hobbyists. I don't think it does. I, I don't think there's any way you cut that, that it's a good thing, you know. Uh, well, no, the, the, the one thing that it is good is that it means that all of these, these studios are going to keep going, or are likely to keep going, yeah, yeah and they're going to keep producing this product that we that we buy. Yeah, but if you remove competition from the market, you remove the drive to to excellence. Yeah, you see it with like I mean, again to reference Blizzard, one of the the big kind of uh, things that's been pointed at them is that because they've been so dominant in the MMO market for so long, they're just not striving for excellence anymore because they were they were perched in a position they couldn't be unseated from. So why? Mm-hmm. You know why bother? You know if you're yeah. if you're at the top and no one can get you off it, you know what? What, cares, what do yeah. you have to push you to go any further? That's true. I mean, there's some people would be like, yeah, don't rest on your laurels and all that jazz. But um, yeah, I think if if Hasbro had them, I'm not saying it would, but I think there's definitely the potential it would be a a poor thing for the the gaming community. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think on that. To, uh, I, I almost top geared it there and on that bombshell <laughs> remember Top Gear remember I, top gear. I do remember Top Gear yeah there we are anyway on that note guys uh, thank you very much for listening and as always take care bye bye, bye.